if you value the Lord, I don't think it would be too hard to look forward to reading scripture and praying and spending time with the Lord. Or what excites me is uh, thinking about my budget and stock market mm. and uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah. And oh, no, don't think about that much, now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a really good one. And I think every time we think that we, we start comparing ourselves with someone else, we're really complaining to the Lord about what he's done to us. Welcome to the Patterns of Truth podcast, the place for casual discussion of biblical principles and difficult questions that face the Christian believer. We believe that the Bible can speak to today's issues, giving us the wisdom and the courage we need for our lives. We are so glad that you are joining us, and you can always find us at patternsoftruth.org. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Patterns of Truth podcast. I'm Patricia, your host for today's conversation, and today's episode is about Christians and flex culture. We'll talk a little bit about hustle culture as well. So... Just to get our definitions down, flex culture is when someone shows off their wealth, their socioeconomic status, or their level of education to others. And a lot of that happens on social media, but it can happen in person as well. So we can all easily say that Christians shouldn't boast about the material wealth or career advantages we might gain in this life. But we have all done it in some way. And this conversation today is really not about pointing the finger at other people, but to look within and ask questions about how much our current culture encourages us to do this type of flexing in front of other people in the name of networking, casual conversation, and just celebrating yourself. So um, this podcast is really geared to having us, we as your hosts and um, participants here, but also you to take a moment and say, you know what, do I really think about my worldly possessions and what I want in this life within the context of God's word? Flex culture is not a new phenomenon. We know this. The Lord warned his disciples about chasing wealth. And the apostle James also warned the saints not to treat the rich better than the poor. I get the feeling that these warnings exist because we as humans have a tendency to boast or want to associate with those who have that kind of power, and we find it attractive. Worldly possessions have a way of making us feel and think like we are like God. And yet the Lord Jesus, who is God in human flesh, associated himself with the poor, the lonely, and the forgotten. Let's face it, none of us in our flesh want to be seen as poor, lonely, and forgotten. And maybe that's why sometimes we show off a little bit. So today I'm here with Roy and with Peter. Welcome everybody. How you all doing today? Oh, <laughs> Anna, nice. we're doing here uh, well here in in the East Coast, Southeast. Um, temperature is hot, mm-hmm. and hopefully soon it'll cool down as we go through like the fall season, which is the best season <laughs> of all. <laughs> I guess you're not loving the heat, Peter. Okay, all right. Are you no. looking forward yeah. to that? Uh, hey, Peter, it was, are you it looking was forward, really hot. Are you looking forward to the hurricane coming? 
giving you some rain? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, as long as it doesn't hit me, yes, uh, it cools down the weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like 90, it was 98 today up here, northeast where I'm at. So, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> All right. So, for our opening question, I'm not going to ask you, Roy and Peter, what you do for a living, but I'm going to ask you, how do you feel when people ask you, what do you do for a living, Peter? Well, without saying what I, what do I do for a living, <laughs> I think it's uh, definitely an opportunity to impress others mm. and show my value as a person that I'm a person who is important. Mm -hmm. That's real. All right, Roy, what about you? Oh, I don't do anything. I'm retired. Oh, right. <laughs> lucky, lucky. <No. laughs> well, then what did you used to say? <laughs> or how did it feel <laughs> when you used to be in the working world, the rat race? Well, um, I was a computer programmer, and uh, there are so many different levels of that that I didn't have to elaborate. I just put it that way and left it. Mm -hmm. So they could imagine me as an entry or as a senior. It didn't matter. Okay. That is useful, I guess. All right. You can kind of just, <laughs> yeah, just say what it is. Yeah. I think for me, I, uh, oh, I usually like feel a little stress beforehand because I'm like, okay, I'm going to get one or two, three questions about the state of education in America. There's going to be a question about school shootings. There's going to be a question about books in classrooms. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be really tense. And I'm not going to want to have this conversation. And then uh, no one will ever ask me about it again because it's not impressive, at least some people. So, yeah, I feel a little stressed when people ask. So, Because uh, I definitely think it's connected to however people think you are successful or ambitious. So um, that takes me to our second question, being... Christians in the Western Hemisphere, whether we're in Canada um, or the United States or even in Europe, for people who are listening, um, what does it mean to you both to have an addiction to affluence or, you know, career ambitions? What does that mean for us here as Christians in the West? Well, uh, first, I'd like to correct you, Patricia, mm -hmm. if I can, and say uh, it really doesn't matter if we're in the West or in the East. Okay. So I grew up half of my life in the Middle East, and I think I've seen, uh, I mean, I, I guess we as humans, uh, as fallen uh, humans, our human nature tend to uh, desire affluence and mm -hmm. self-centeredness right so mm -hmm. uh, i think it wouldn't matter if you live in the jungle you would <laughs> like to show off yourself sure. and what you have uh, more than your neighbor yeah um so I, yeah in a sense i think anybody in the world who would listen mm -hmm. would probably relate uh, but to answer your question i think um you mentioned half of it Mm. as you were saying, career, right? So um, addiction to affluence can come in different um, different types and flavors. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, it depends on your stage in life too. Mm -hmm. So when I was in college, 
uh, affluence is what's my gonna my career that's gonna mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna I'm pursuing how smart I am how uh, established I am mm-hmm. and then it transitioned to wealth right so that's what we think of most yeah uh, what's uh, the nice car I I you I drive and the the house, right? The car and the house are the two things. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think we all agree probably that uh, in some sense it can be and spiritual also, mm. well, not affluence, but how much knowledge do I know hmm. about the Bible? Uh, sometimes can be... Uh, honestly, I didn't know this term flex culture before <laughs> until you mentioned it. So I'm behind. Um, but you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> um, sometimes we're tempted to flex our knowledge if it's mm. uh, or general knowledge, but or spiritual knowledge too, which mm. is still uh, not God centered. It's self centered. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of the problem, I think, de- depends on one's attitude to one's own situation. Mm. Uh, that's sometimes difficult even to figure out for yourself. Yeah. Um, and think of a person who is just fascinated by some topic mm. and uh, goes to school to study it, and he doesn't really have a, a motive for affluence. But maybe the subject that he's interested in is very highly valued by society. And so he winds up being very rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't that he set out to be to be rich, but rather he simply set out to pursue something he enjoyed. Right. So there's so many different contexts in which uh, we can find ourselves in mm-hmm. that I think what really is important is to see uh, or to examine the motive or the de- desire. If our goal is to be rich, mm-hmm. and Scripture tells us that the love of money is the root of many evils. Mm-hmm. And so, and that can be with any, and you can put anything, the love of blank, mm-hmm. you know, it can be the root of whatever evil. So, our pursuits have to be in line with what God would have us do. Now, maybe God has for us something that requires a great deal of education or wealth or whatever, drive, whatever it is, mm-hmm. in order to do what he would have us to do. So this is a really um, tricky mm-hmm. subject. And I think for each of us, we need to look into our own souls, as it were, mm-hmm. and to uh, evaluate whether we are pursuing wealth as wealth or whether we're pursuing something different. Yeah. No, that is a really good point because I think we don't spend as much time on the motive part within ourselves. And Roy gives a balanced uh, kind of point that, hey, uh, it's okay to have wealth, right? It's not bad to be educated and enjoy your career. And But, you know, what? what's what's your focus? Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. only on, yeah, evaluate yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Test yourself. I also think the converse can be true as well, that if we have, I don't know, if say someone doesn't have a job or any of those possessions that are, I don't know, impressive, 
right? That if we are overly occupied with the idea like, oh, everyone is looking at me, like you have nothing, you are not as smart, you are not as, I don't know, you know, ambitious as others. I think that preoccupation is also a problem because it, you may not have as much as someone else, but if in your heart, you believe that everyone is looking down on you because you don't have, that's still the same idea of putting people in a hierarchy, people who have more matter more. And I think that that's particularly dangerous as Christians because the Lord doesn't value us that way. Um, He doesn't say, oh, this person can do more for me because they have more. We know the Lord talks so much about the widow's might, right? And how she gave out of the little that she had and how it was so important. So the Lord looks at things differently, but I wonder sometimes if we just, we're saying, oh, that's nice, Lord. (laughs) And we just go about our regular Mm -hmm. thinking with our jobs and, oh, I can give to the Lord when I have more, but he said differently, you know, it's Mm -hmm. definitely something to give us pause. So then I asked the question, how, like, and I think Roy, you hit on this, like, how do we even begin to differentiate in ourselves between like a natural ambition that we have and then the chase after worldly pleasures. Cause I think we can agree that the chasing the love of the things of the world is not what the Lord has for us. So how do we even start drawing those lines and uncovering what our motives are? Well, that's a very difficult thing. And I think it's very personal. Hmm. Um, The psalmist uh, said, prayed really uh, search me, O God, and know my, Hmm. my heart. And I think we have to be willing, and this is where we have to examine ourselves, we have to be willing to allow God to search us out. Mm. And if we we are really willing to allow God to search us, He will, and He will guide us in the right way. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of ways to be guided. We can be guided by Scripture, we can be guided by circumstance. Mm. Uh, once in my life, I had planned to take another job than the one I had, and uh, that job closed down right at the last second, mm. and so I had to stay where I was. Wow. And I took that from the Lord. You know, it would have been a a good promotion, but mm-hmm. that's the way it is. And that the Lord wanted me where where I was. Mm-hmm. So um, we have to be sensitive, and we have to be willing. What you were saying, Patricia, reminded me of a verse in James, and I think it's worth looking at for mm-hmm. a second. Uh, it's in the first chapter of James, and it brings out this contrast that you were talking about. It's uh, chapter 1, verse 9. But the brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position. Mm-hmm. What? High position? Mm-hmm. And then it goes on in the next verse. And the rich man is to glory in his humiliation. Uh But then the conclusion is really interesting. It says, because like the flowering grass, he will pass away. So it encourages to have an eternal view of things and a spiritual view. Uh Now, the humble person may grumble about his circumstances, but what does he have in Christ? Uh And that's what we're to be occupied with. We may be poor, living, as we'd say, hand to mouth. Mm. But if we're believers, we are rich. Mm. And it's just a matter of time before we receive our riches. Mm -hmm. And even at the point, uh, even in this life, if we appreciate what God has done for us, we are rich. Mm. The rich man, on the other hand, what is his riches? 
you know, if they're material riches, which is what's implied by the verse, they're going to go away. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really good to know some of these verses and have them before us to keep us on the right track, you might say. Yeah. Peter, I wanted to ask you, kind of like going off of something that Roy said, Roy quoted Psalm 139, verse 23, search me, O God, know my heart, try me and know my thoughts. So going off of what Roy said, Peter, how do you think that God searches out our hearts to show us what's in them? Like, what does that look like? I know sometimes we say these phrases they are biblical, but some people are like, oh, it's Christianese. What does that really mean? So let's unpack that a little bit. What does it mean for God to search out our hearts in this way? Yeah, while we're, we're talking about this topic, uh, I think one point that was obvious and um, important to mention is that it can be dangerous to be attracted to affluence because mm. it can cause us First, to be distracted from the Lord, plus number two, become bitter about what we have Mm -hmm. and uh, unsatisfied with what we have right now and always striving to look at other people's and just greed would occupy us. Mm. And um, in a practical sense, if you want to search yourself, ask yourself, you know, what occupies your life? Mm -hmm. Uh, what occupies your time. And while we were preparing for this, one verse that I I shared with you is uh, Matthew 6, and I think we said verse 20, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys it and no thieves nor do not break in or steal. For you, this is what's important, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So really, what do you value the most Uh is what you feel affection towards. If you value the Lord, I don't think it would be too hard to look forward to reading scripture and praying and spending time with the Lord. Or what excites me is uh, thinking about my budget and stock market Mm. and uh, cryptocurrency. Oh, no, don't think about that now. How much money uh, do I need to buy this uh, truck, my dream truck, Um, (laughs) or, or, you know, people? Or Ford (laughs) F-150? This is a good one, too. Uh (laughs) Or, like, I look forward to be with a brother and spend time And share scripture together. So, yeah, what occupies your time? Yeah. No, that's really good because I think what you're talking about, the bitterness that can come up if if we just keep looking at others and not being thankful. I I think about a song that I sang in Sunday school as a kid. Probably all of us have count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God has done, right? And I think sometimes we slip from very like legitimate, like, Lord, I'm praying to you because I would like this thing. It would make my life easier, whatever, right? And then we stop being thankful for what we have. And we have so much, we have so many blessings. And when we stop being thankful, we become bitter. And then suddenly, not even suddenly, maybe subtly, that legitimate thing I was praying for, we get demanding with the Lord. And I think that when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, that's one of those checks the searching that he's doing of our hearts to let us know, 
you know, this started out as legitimate, but now you, there's entitlement here, right? And I think that's a, a, the part of flex culture that we, you know, we touched on a little bit. That there's a level of entitlement, like this is mine, I deserve it, I demand it, and that's really not what we should be doing when we pray, right? Because the Lord has all things. We should be humble before Him. But yeah, that's as you were talking, Peter. That was something I thought about, and I definitely was feeling convicted too. Cause I have been thinking about this, you know, how often am I starting my prayers by being thankful, telling the Lord, thank you for what I have. I want this other thing over here. I think it will be good for myself and my family, but am I not appreciating what I have while I'm asking for that? And that bitterness just shows that I don't, I care more about the things instead of the giver of the things, you know? And I think that that moment of reflection is many moments of reflection, I think is worth pausing. So while we're praying and asking the Lord for things, maybe some legitimate, maybe not, how do we overcome the comparison trap? So the constant looking at others to see where we are, right? I think there's a natural looking to the left and to the right to see, oh, am I on pace, right? But then there's the obsessive where comparison is the thief of joy. So how do we overcome the comparison trap? that we are often, so often in without realizing. I'm still learning how to figure this out. So that's why. <laughs> Me too. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, I need help. It never ends. It, right? it just never ends. Right? <laughs> yeah. I just want to share also that I think it's a daily thing that you need to, hmm. it's like temptation, you know, Lustful yeah. temptation is something that you daily have to discipline yourself mm-hmm. and also comparison and uh, with others. It's something daily you have to control yourself about. Hey, be careful, Peter. Don't, don't do that. You know, okay. catch yourself. Yeah. That's a, a really good one. And I think every time we think that we, we start comparing ourselves with someone else, we're really complaining to the Lord. Mm. about what he's done to us. You know, why am I not mm. as tall as so-and-so? Why am I not as rich as so-and-so? Mm. Why am I not as wealthy or as intelligent or learned? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So the moment you start comparing yourself, you're really complaining mm. to the Lord about what he's given you. Yeah. And I think to really take that to heart, it should, it should search us out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the the biggest one with me is, uh, well, so-and-so knows the scripture so much Mm. better than I do. Why should I do uh, anything? And that's deadly because it's really complaining to the Lord about Mm. what he's given you. Yeah. And sometimes we do it in innocence. Well, not to the Lord, but maybe while we're speaking to others, maybe we complain about, oh, I wish, you know, this is a problem or this is stressing me out, you know. It can, you can be saying, oh my goodness, I the stress on my job, and maybe we're not really sensitive to the fact that the person that we're speaking to is unemployed, and they're thinking, well, at least you have a job <laughs> to complain about, right? I'm a new mom, so you know, the, <laughs> there's so many challenges of being a new mom, right? But I think one thing I've been sensitive to, or the Lord has made me sensitive to, is like if I'm saying, oh, I'm having this challenge with my child, when I'm speaking to someone, maybe... Like someone's saying, well, at least you have a child, right? That 
Mm. But you have one because some people can't, right? Or their or their kids are grown up and they've moved away and they missed that, right? And I think it's really important for us to pause, even if we say things in an innocence, like, do I sound unthankful? Do I sound, you know, like I'm not appreciative to the Lord of what I have? I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing your frustrations, but I do think that there is a difference, right, in being so flippant and just saying, oh, what I have is so easy to have, right? But it's not. Right. We have so many things from the Lord's hands that we should really be have a disposition of thankfulness instead of entitlement. Yeah. I want to share one more thing, too, that in the time that I am not comparing myself to my brother is when I am completely satisfied and Hmm. filled with the Lord. I don't feel when I'm comparing myself to my brother, I feel that I'm less than this person mm. because he has more than I do or I, I deserve to do to have this. Mm-hmm. But uh, the opposite also true. So when I feel so satisfied and fulfilled, mm. I don't need to compare myself. Yeah. I don't feel the other other things, material things are mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Because I, I'm content, right? The word right. content that we see and, right. you know, and one of my favorite verses, first Timothy six, six godliness with contentment is great gain. Yeah. Uh, you are content when you're filled with, with the Lord. You don't, mm-hmm. you just don't need it. Yeah. No, that's really good, Peter. Cause it, yeah. Because it's like, even if you are doing something, if you're not thinking about the comparison, then you are free. Right. You feel that freedom, that peace in your life. You are free. That's a good yeah. Good description. Yeah, no, that's really good. Because it's a bondage, you know? You're bonded to Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, no, that is really a good that's something I really want to think about, like on my own time a little bit more, right? Like if I am purchasing something and I just like it, but if I'm in a headspace where I want to compare myself with others, then every single moment of me, whatever, sliding my card or whatever is thinking about, oh, mm-hmm. People think when I have this, but if I don't, if it's not really in my mind, it doesn't matter, right? Oh, I just bought this, whatever it is. And it is what it is, right? I'm not thinking about anyone else, which I think is part of the problem. Yeah. Well, that's really good. So I think Peter, you kind of mentioned it already about how we can shift our focus from worldly things to godly values in our daily lives, like how we pray, right? And checking ourselves, saying things to ourselves, like, you know, we need to stop Stop looking at other people today, right? Ask the Lord, 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 please show me. Am I looking at others too much? Am I comparing myself? What's going on? It's making me unthankful. So let's think about generosity, right? Because that's the one thing I do find, right? If we participate in flex culture or hustle culture, generosity is something maybe that's not prioritized. We want to hold on to everything that we have. I work so hard to get it. It's mine, right? So how can being generous counteract the temptation to participate in flex culture Mm. generosity can have different ways and looks i think uh, the more i think the most precious thing in this world as a asset is time Mm. and uh, i think if you're generous with your time it's not material thing that you're giving it would help you realize what's important Mm -hmm. Right. That the people that you're with, if you sit down with a young brother and disciple the brother or sister, or if you check on 
you know, a sister, older sister, or uh, someone sick in the in the meeting, mm-hmm. and spend time with them. I mm-hmm. think that's type of generosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Peter captured it. You know, being aware and concerned about what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for a verse. Do yeah, Philippians two verse. Three. Now, this is a high standard because the Lord Jesus is the one that is put before us. But the opening verses of that chapter, we sometimes skip over uh, or read quickly and then go on to the part mm-hmm. about the Lord. But the opening verses are really important and bear on this. Therefore, beginning with verse one, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and compassion, uh, make my joy complete Mm. by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, And here's the punchline. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Mm. Uh, And then going on, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. I think that's what Peter was talking about. Mm. Just being interested in what others are going through, maybe if they're difficulties, Mm -hmm. or rejoicing with those that rejoice. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's that? That, There's a psalm, a proverb. That goes along that line. Mm-hmm. So I think Peter kind of hit on it. It's just taking time to be interested in other people. Yeah. And I think if we're spending our time trying to find ways to be generous, to give away whatever the time, our possessions, whatever, we won't have as much time to think about how we can show off because we'll be so busy just trying to help or be there for someone else. Right, but there's a trap even there because we can pride ourselves on how generous we are. That's very true. So it has to (laughs) it has to be sincere. You have to be genuinely interested in the welfare of others, and Mm. that's just something that we find difficult. Yeah. Well, yeah, (laughs) because we still (laughs) we still are in these bodies, right? And and I mean, it's it's what the the verse you just read says, like lowliness of mind. Let's esteem others better than ourselves. That is not something that we do naturally, which is why the Lord says it to us, because we just, it's not our thing. We're always looking to blame someone else. We think about Adam pointing at Eve saying, Ugh, the woman you gave me, look at what she did. <laughs> right? We're, we look at others when we want to blame them, but not um, to put anyone above ourselves. You know, so that's, um, that is very instructive, especially the part about being prideful about being generous. So let's think about practical steps then. So when we are faced with the temptation to compare ourselves to others, and we've hit on a couple of these things in real time interactions, how do we handle those questions of, Hey, what do you do for a living? Or, Oh, where do you live? Right. Cause sometimes people search <laughs> your zip code. Maybe they want to know where you live or whatever, but what are the practical steps we can take to maybe not allow ourselves to be puffed up by being seen as great and wonderful for the things we've acquired in this world? Um, 
yeah, how do we how do we navigate that? Well, it's the Lord that humbles us. The more we try to be humble, the more proud we are. Mm. So um, <laughs> I would say just being straightforward and unfeigned, you know, without pretense. I think the real problem here is often pretense. Mm. If we want to make something of ourselves, we want to make too much of ourselves or too little of ourselves. Yeah. You know, if God has blessed us, then it's God who is, has blessed us. Now, we may have worked very hard, but who gave us the energy to work that hard? Mm. Yeah, that's So true. no matter how you cut it, everything we have is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if we if we really learn that lesson, I think that how we interact will be natural and will be unassuming. Mm. And I think there's where we're where we really have the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really try and and put on airs. Mm. And um, I think it's uh, it's very dangerous to do either to either pretend to be what we're not mm. or to pretend to be less than we're not or more than we're not. How am I saying that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to pretend to be more than we are or less than we are. They all sound correct um, to me, Roy. Right? <laughs> <yeah. laughs> I was getting I tongue-tied you. there, but... <laughs> no, I get you, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd just to add to what Roy said is, um, let's see, I think we shouldn't even think about ourselves and just uh, uh, stay away from mentioning more about ourselves. Mm. So this question should not be asked. Like, we, try, we should uh, try avoiding... Starting a discussion with someone with what what do you do? It's the easiest thing to ask though. <laughs> yeah. And be interested in the other person. And another another generosity is be a generous listener. Yeah. And listen mm-hmm. to what they, you know, are, mm-hmm. are interested in. And just be involved in their life instead of involving them in my life. Mm-hmm. Easy to say, hard to do, but it's, it requires practice from all of us. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Uh, I want to emphasize that because I think we do a bad job of listening. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be better listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good point. Right, because the, the effort of even just talking first can be just an underlying belief that we esteem ourselves better than the other person on the other side. Right. And simply giving way in the conversation can send a pretty important message about value. Right. (laughs) So, but that's really good. Something to definitely think about. So Peter Roy, thank you so much for sharing your insights um, and experiences with this. I know this is something that just keeps going on and on. It doesn't seem to end right when, if any of our listeners are in college, right. It's the idea of, you know, what are you going to do? Right. And the high opinions or not, right. That go with whatever you're planning on doing with your life. And then say, maybe you make those steps in your career and you may feel, Oh, do people think that I am someone of importance or not? And then it keeps going, right? The purchase of the house, the car, whatever, the investments, it just keeps going and going. So I think regardless of generation, this topic comes up over and over. Um, but I think the, the Lord's message to us is clear, right? We all have to constantly strive to um, put things in their proper place and have clarity from God's word. So um, as always, our compass for this discussion is the Bible, And our mission is to uncover that truth about our Christian journey 
and think a little bit differently about things that we assume are just normal parts of our lives. Maybe we're a little bit more influenced by the culture around us than we realize. So to our listeners, we're grateful for you. We hope this conversation has made you think and will encourage you to open up this discussion with others in real time. Our goal at Patterns of Truth is simple, to inspire meaningful conversations and to encourage your growth in your relationship with the Lord. So remember, the enemy does not take an off day, right, to distract us, but the Lord reminds us to stay anchored in the unchanging truths of the Bible. So until next time, everybody, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Patterns of Truth podcast. We invite you to join us for our next episode. And we also encourage you to check out patternsoftruth.org, where we post articles every week for the encouragement and growth of Christ followers. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to submit them on our website. I'm Peter. Until next time.